From the JAMA Network, this is the JAMA Medical News Podcast. Discussing timely topics in clinical medicine, biomedical sciences, public health, and health policy featured in the medical news section of JAMA. I'm Rita Rubin with JAMA Medical News. Dr. Patricia Boyle, a neuropsychologist with the Rush Alzheimer's Disease Center in Chicago, joins us today to talk about the link between susceptibility to scams and dementia risk in older adults. Studies have shown that susceptibility to scams, such as fake IRS agents demanding payment of back taxes, has been associated with progression from mild cognitive impairment, or MCI, to Alzheimer's disease. But Dr. Boyle's recent study of 935 people, whose average age was about 81 years, found a link between scam susceptibility and dementia risk, even in people who are cognitively normal. Thank you for talking with us today, Dr. Boyle. What makes exploitation of elders a public health problem? Elder fraud is a massive public health problem for a variety of reasons. Older people are at a time in their life when they've accumulated the vast majority of the wealth that they will acquire. So when older people make financial mistakes or get involved in fraudulent activities or scams and lose money, they oftentimes don't have any options for recouping those losses. So they're not like a 30-something-year-old who can go out and get a new job or, you know, can spend the next 20 years saving and, and regaining the wealth they might have lost. So first of all, from an economic perspective, um, there's a huge hit that older people take when they do lose money to financial and other forms of fraud and, and exploitation. On top of that, there is evidence showing that there are significant psychological and health-related consequences of victimization as well. So we know that older persons who are victimized tend to be more likely to develop depression, to become socially isolated, and that can be for a variety of reasons. They may be embarrassed or ashamed that they fell prey to a fraud or, or an exploitative uh, scheme. Or, you know, they may be confused about how that happened and not want to talk to people about it. They also can, because of those things, lose their independence and have difficulty taking care of themselves on a daily basis. And there is some evidence suggesting that exploitation is, is in fact, also associated with early mortality. So the psychological and other health changes stress, and so on, that result from that may actually shorten lifespan. I wonder if you could give any other examples of complex behaviors, such as being victimized by a scam artist that might serve as a harbinger of dementia. This work that we're talking about today on scam awareness being a predictor of dementia is part of a growing body of work that we're doing here at the Rush Alzheimer's Disease Center and other people around the country are also starting to look at. We're looking at complex behaviors such as financial decision-making, managing your money, uh, making choices about what types of investments to participate in, how to manage savings and retirement funds as people age, as well as healthcare-related decisions. So older people make many significant health choices in terms of treatments, options, 
life-prolonging interventions, and so on, and, and they regularly engage with the healthcare system, as you know. And we have shown in other work from this cohort that changes in these kinds of financial and other complex aspects of decision-making do seem to be early harbingers of adverse health and cognitive outcomes. In previous research, you looked at people with mild cognitive impairment, and you found they're more susceptible to scams? Yes. We previously looked at the same instrument we used here in this study among people with mild cognitive impairment, which is just sort of a, a more minimal amount of cognitive dysfunction usually associated with memory loss, but not overly dramatic cognitive loss. And we compared people with mild cognitive impairment to those with no cognitive impairment. We found that those with some impairment tended to perform worse on this measure, indicating that they're more susceptible to uh, falling prey to scams and also engaging in in the behaviors that we know are associated with victimization, which is what we measure with this scale. I know you, you've also done a study with non-demented older adults when you looked at the relationship between scam awareness scores and MRI brain scans. Could you describe that for us? Yes. And one of the things we're also interested in unraveling is what brain networks are involved in regulating complex social behaviors and decision-making related behaviors such as scam susceptibility. And in that study, we found that areas that tend to support higher order or more complex cognitive abilities tend to be involved in scam susceptibility and also areas that support memory. So you you hear about the temporal brain structures being involved in, in memory. Those also seem to be related to scam susceptibility. Could you talk a little more about the instrument that you use in this new study and in previous studies to measure people's scam awareness? Sure. We use a measure that was specifically designed to address knowledge of tactics that are commonly used to deceive older people and a willingness to engage in behaviors that may increase the risk of falling prey to financial scams or other forms of exploitation. We chose a select set of behaviors to focus on based on the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority body, which is the FINRA Foundation, which has developed a measure of how likely someone is to participate in risky investments. And their research on that pointed us in the direction of three key areas. So one, we look at openness to sales pitches when it's someone that you don't know who who is calling. Second area is interest in potentially risky investments, so things that sound really good but should sound too good to be true. And then the third area is awareness of heightened vulnerability simply due to older age because we know that con artists frequently target older adults in their fraudulent activities and that older adults lose somewhere likely upwards of $35 billion annually to financial and other forms of scam and fraud. So we have a series of five items that assess those three domains of behavior. What were your main findings, and and were you surprised by any of them? I think that these findings are building on the prior research that we've been doing in recent years on financial decision-making and other forms of decision-making. So I wasn't necessarily surprised by them. 
our main findings were that low scam awareness or susceptibility to scams appears to be a very early sign that something is going wrong in the brain and an older person is at risk of developing Alzheimer's dementia and or mild cognitive impairment, those sort of early cognitive changes that often signal that someone is going to go on to develop Alzheimer's disease. We studied scam awareness in older people without dementia and without overt cognitive problems yet, and then followed them over time. And people that tend to show lower awareness are much more likely to develop Alzheimer's dementia and or mild cognitive impairment over an average span of about six years. These behaviors are very predictive of those cognitive outcomes. I, I am a little bit surprised at the robustness of the findings. We did control for other things. So we adjusted in our analyses for how someone was doing cognitively using a very detailed, comprehensive measure of cognitive function. And by doing that, what we are able to show is that scam awareness is independently related to your likelihood of adverse cognitive outcomes. So no matter where you start cognitively, having low scam awareness is a bad sign in terms of the likelihood of developing future cognitive problems. Another novel finding of this study was that we found in a subset of people who died and who had undergone autopsy, brain autopsy, we found that low scam awareness was associated with a greater accumulation of Alzheimer's disease changes in the actual brain. So we know that most older people who come to autopsy have some amount of Alzheimer's changes in their brain, but not that many factors have been shown to relate to those changes during life. So here we showed that scam susceptibility is related to amyloid, which is considered the earliest pathologic manifestation of Alzheimer's in the brain, as well as tangles in the brain. And that's a very novel finding and supports the conclusion that low scam awareness is, in fact, an early sign that something deleterious is happening in the brain and older people are not making social judgments and, and decisions as well as they might have in the past due to these pathologic processes in the brain. Does that suggest that low scam awareness is tied only to Alzheimer's disease, or is it possible that it might be tied to other types of dementia? When someone develops significant memory problems and other thinking difficulties, we often call that Alzheimer's dementia. It's actually very rare that when someone eventually passes and we look in their brain, it's only driven by Alzheimer's disease. We know that older people have a whole host of other changes in the brain that also can cause symptoms that, that look like what we talk about as being clinical Alzheimer's dementia. So here, we did relate the scam awareness measure to the pathologic changes of Alzheimer's disease specifically. However, it is possible and likely probably that Many of the older people who passed had other changes in their brain, and those changes, strokes and the like, may also impact scam susceptibility and, and these complex behaviors. And that is something that we are very interested in investigating further. But here we did find a strong association of scam susceptibility with the specific pathologic markers of Alzheimer's disease. So there is something specific about that association. 
The average age of the people in your study was around 80, right? Have you thought about doing the same study but with younger people? It seems like it would be interesting to see how early this might occur. That is a great, great idea. And I would love to do that, of course. You know, we, despite many advances in our understanding of Alzheimer's disease and dementia, it still remains very difficult at an individual level to determine who is really at high risk of developing Alzheimer's dementia or cognitive problems. It's very hard to know what behaviors to target and when to study those behaviors and and how soon before the disease really shows itself clinically by significant cognitive impairment. You know, what are the earliest signs of these diseases? Looking at this in a younger population would be of great interest. Our study that I primarily work on is a study of old adults. So the mean age in general is around 80 and even older by the time these people come to autopsy. So yes, it will be important to extend these findings in a younger cohort. It's it's more difficult to do that because younger people don't tend to develop Alzheimer's disease at the same rate as older people. You need a longer observation period and more data to be able to see these kinds of associations. But we are working with some other studies who may be interested in, in looking at some of these issues in younger people. Now, you didn't follow up to see if a low score on the scam awareness test was associated with a higher risk of victimization. Are you planning on looking at that, or is anyone looking at that? We actually are working with another study who is going to be doing some of that using our measure and applying it to a different cohort of individuals and looking at whether it's associated with victimization. As you can imagine, it is very difficult to ascertain victimization because many times older people who are victimized don't know it and or are embarrassed or ashamed to admit that they have been victims of some kind of exploitation. It's actually really difficult to get at those things, and there's no standard reporting agency that we can go to and leverage. Most actual victimizations are not reported. So we are in the process of of developing some questions to try to get at evidence of victimization in a more detailed way, but it's a very, very challenging thing to establish that someone truly has been victimized. At this point in time, Dr. Boyle, do you think screening older people for scam awareness could help identify those with a higher risk of Alzheimer's, or are we not there yet? You know, the measure that we used in this study was developed for an epidemiologic study, which means that you do a brief measure in a large group of older people to look for associations, what predicts what outcomes. This particular measure that we used is not suitable for detection at an individual level. So in a doctor's office, if one person filled out this SCAR questionnaire, it would be very difficult to know how much their responses actually predict what their likely cognitive outcomes will be. However, I do think that these findings, together with the other work that we've been reporting on in recent years, showing that other aspects of decision-making as well, such as financial decision-making, are also associated with an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease, suggests that, yes, development of these types of measures, measures that assess complex social abilities that are more challenging for older people 
probably will hold some promise in terms of identifying who is likely to develop Alzheimer's disease in the clinic. We just need the appropriate validation and development of instruments that can be used in a single person. These findings and the emerging work showing that financial decision-making changes with age and, and puts people at risk for adverse health outcomes suggest that we really need to focus much more in terms of our public health and, and also protections in, in terms of financial and other aspects of daily living such that we can help older people maintain their health and their wealth and their independence as they get older. And, and anything we can do to address this huge problem and challenge posed by financial fraud and victimization I think stands to have lots of benefits in terms of cognitive health as people get older, but also psychological health and, of course, societal-level well-being. This is Rita Rubin with JAMA Medical News. I've been talking with Dr. Patricia Boyle about her research into the link between susceptibility to scams and dementia risk in older adults. For more podcasts, visit us at jamanetworkaudio.com. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.